Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. Welcome to another episode of the Foolish Adventure Show. I'm your host, Tim Conley, and I'm here with my special guest, Derek Halpern of SocialTriggers.com, where Derek, he blogs about the psychology of website traffic and sales conversions, and, and there's a lot more to that, but even with that, Derek, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, look at it like this. First, thank you for having me. Really pumped to be doing this interview with you. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting to have you on. All right, cool. So I'll just break this down. When you're running websites, you're getting people to your website. Conversion insight and using psychology and all this type of influence and persuasion, which sounds like a lot of jargon, really just comes down to one thing. Social triggers and me, we teach you how to turn random visitors into loyal subscribers and customers. And that's really conversion, conversion stuff at its best. You know, just turning random people into subscribers and customers. Uh, I, I want to jump in there because uh, you're saying random people, and in like the traditional marketing jargon, it's always you know targeted traffic. Let's get targeted traffic, and random yep. doesn't sound very targeted. Yeah. So the random visitors are. They're, they're, they're targeted people, but I call them random because if they're not yet a subscriber, chances are they're not familiar with your brand. And that's why I refer to them as random traffic. It really is targeted traffic. I'm not telling you how to buy 10,000 spam pop-up impressions <laughs> and how you're going to make money off that. That's impossible. Right. I'm talking about how you can take people who do not know you to turn them into people who do know you and then eventually turn them into people who actually pay you. I wish I could remember who to attribute this to, but years ago I had heard the terms uh, controlled traffic, uh, uncontrolled traffic, and tar and uh, owned traffic. So like uncontrolled was just all the people who just show up. You have no idea where they're coming from until you look at your stats. You know, they're just coming from everywhere. Controlled would be stuff that you, you do an ad campaign or something like that and, and you push somebody to your site. Uh, through through their clicks and then owned would be the people that you get back to your site who are subscribers that are on your RSS feed or they're on your email and you you send out and you bring them back I always liked that kind of definition of of the different types of traffic we get yeah no it's a it, that's a very good point you know I say random visitors and some people like I said they get they get bogged down in the word random and they think I'm telling you how to get spam traffic. <laughs> That's not really what it's about. It's just about, I, I refer to it as random because the way I look at it, if people aren't subscribed to your newsletter yet, chances are you're still random, random to them. Right. Because if you weren't random, they would already have given up their email address. Okay, okay, yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a ton of sense. I'm a marketing nerd, so when I first saw your social triggers, the first, and and the 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 way that you were going about blogging and talking about the psychology of conversion, mm -hmm. the first thing I I thought of was uh, Joe Sugarman wrote a book about oh gosh about twelve years ago called yep, Triggers. 
Yes, yeah. college uh, triggers. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with it. Okay, yeah. So I was, I was wanting to ask you, like, okay, so so did social triggers come from that? <laughs> yeah. So I I have a direct marketing background where much of what I do today stemmed from a lot of learning from the the great direct marketers like Sugarman, Eugene Schwartz, uh, John Cables, and all those guys. I have. I am familiar with Sugarman. The idea for the domain name Social Triggers didn't come from his idea really. It really came from the idea that in the psychological world, people like to use the word trigger because it usually involves when you give some kind of input, it triggers some kind of cause, cause and effect, you know, causes, right, trigger, response. effects. So I like the word because. It it was just it was it was used a lot in the psychological world. I I am gonna say that I was familiar with Joe Sugarman's trigger, so maybe that was in my unconscious mind when I was thinking of the domain name. Right. So I can't say that didn't influence <laughs> me, but that wasn't the main goal when I was coming up with the domain name. Okay, okay, yeah, because I'm I'm just kind of a kind of a nerd that way, you know, going back to the old school stuff, and I saw that, and that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Triggers was really interesting because he always talked about his salesmanship experience and how psychology worked in sales, but he very rarely ever quoted any psychological research. Right. That was one of the main things that I didn't like is a lot of marketing people would always quote psychology and talk about buyer psychology and consumer psychology. And they would throw around psychology almost as if it was like voodoo magic. (laughs) It's really not, and it just was voodoo magic when they were using it because they weren't talking about the research that backed up that data that they were, you know what I mean? They didn't, some of these people who use the word psychology don't even know this research exists. Right. So that was one of the main reasons why I started Social Triggers was I wanted to be the guy who talked about psychology but also backed it up with the real psychological data. Yeah, I I got the opportunity to hang out with Joe Sugarman years ago and talk to him about about a lot of this stuff and and with his all like all his ideas came directly from experience. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, he he just tested stuff over and over again and got so good at selling and those were the things that he just kind of pulled out of the things that he did to convert well, for him he did a lot of advertising, especially like print advertising, convert these random people that yep. read a magazine into a customer. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 that got us completely off track. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so I want to know a little bit more about you. You didn't just all of a sudden pop on the scene in the blogging world a few months ago. You started showing up on a bunch of different sites doing some site critiques, but that, that wasn't the beginning of Derek Halpern. Like, wh- where'd you come from? Um, from my mom's womb. <laughs> no, no. So no, not, whole... not, not that far back. Okay. So t- with regards to internet stuff, I had, I started my first website in 2005. All right. And I started building blogs back in 2005 and I had websites in the celebrity gossip niche. I had websites in the women's fashion, women's makeup, gaming, entertainment. I had all these different blogs and all these different niches. So I built up a lot of different blogs. And by the end of 2007, all of the blogs that I built up generated something like 30 million hits by the end of 2007. Wow. And 
So that's kind of how I got my start. I got my start building these blogs outside of the marketing world, you know, kind of getting my feet wet with building real sites. I, I didn't want to be one of those guys really that, like there's a lot of people who create blogs about blogging specifically, but they've never built any blogs before. Right. You know, <laughs> I actually built several blogs before I started writing about it. So right. that's why a lot of people look at social triggers last year and how it grew from, I, I, I officially jumped in head first, launched social triggers, se you know, seriously, March of 2011. And within a few months, I got massive amounts of exposure, mainly because I knew what I was talking about. You know, I don't right. without patting my own self on the back there, but that was, that's kind of what happened. I think it's so easy to make kind of a splash when you actually know what you're talking about, because there's so many people who are in that world of blogging about blogging, and it just comes off as disingenuous. Yeah, exactly. You used to be involved with uh, DIY themes, right? I still do marketing with DIY themes, yes. Okay. Uh, it's like, so how'd you get connected with, with and, and that's thesis, right? Yes, I've been friends with Chris Pearson, and back at that point, Brian Clark from Copyblogger was in that company also. But I've been friends with both Brian Clark and Chris Pearson since like late 2006. Okay. So I had known, I'll never forget this, I was talking to Brian Clark before Copyblogger was the Copyblogger that we know today. And he was starting up Copyblogger.com, and we were, we were talking because... I was, you know, he, he knew that I ran all these big sites or whatnot. And I remember asking him directly, I was like, yo, Clark, what's the deal with Copyblogger? At this time, he had advertising from AdSense on Copyblogger.com. Oh. Right? This, this is, like I said, this is before Copyblogger was Copyblogger. And I asked him, I was like, yo, dude, you're never going to generate enough traffic to make money from advertising. What's the deal? And I remember Brian Clark told me very clearly, he's like, Derek, I'm going to build a loyal audience, and then I'm going to sell them stuff. And when he told me that, it didn't really click right away. It didn't really click until about a year later when he launched Teaching Sales. And I'm not, I'm not privy to share exact numbers with you, but I, let, let, let's just put it like this. I remember him telling me that he generated something like 40,000 hits, and I think he pulled in around six figures from 40,000 hits. Nice. Now, I was running all these gossip sites and makeup sites, and I remember in one day, I generated over a million hits. In one 24-hour period, I generated over a million hits, and I only made a few thousand dollars in a oh. day. You know, now here I am, you know, crying about making a few thousand dollars in a day, but all I knew was that this guy had significantly less traffic than me and generated significantly more money. And that's when I kind of got hooked on this whole idea of selling on the internet, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and it's so powerful once you learn learn the skills to get there. Yeah, so like I said, like that's how I got involved with DIY originally. I, I knew both of the guys who, owned, who, who were running the company for a very long time. Very cool. I want to bring us into, uh, you know, I brought up the fact that you did these uh, site critiques. You showed up on a bunch of popular blogs and you did these site critiques. Yep. And so... I, I'd like to get into that because I think a lot of people who will have seen that will go, oh, wow, that's awesome, but how do I replicate it uh, yeah. or should I replicate it? Will it work for me? That sort of thing. So, yeah. so like, what, why did you do it that way and, and then how can we translate that into replicatable principles for people listening? Yeah, so it really comes down to when people are zigging, you got to be zagging. 
It's just the way you stand out. And to really break this down, back last year, guest blogging is all the rage. And it still is. Guest blogging is supposedly the best way to grow an audience for a new website. But when everybody is guest blogging, you kind of start to blend in to the masses. You no longer look different. It's like just another guest post on my favorite blog. Exactly. And people, you know, less people are clicking over to the guest posters. So what I decided to do was after going to a lot of conferences, I noticed that at Affiliate Summit, they had a conference session called SEO Site Clinics. And at this conference session at the conference, this session was packed, packed, like standing room only. And all it was was people would raise their hand to get their site reviewed in front of all these different people and would try to get SEO advice, SEO site clinic advice. So I thought to myself, I was like, wait a second. If this was working in the real world, there's no reason why it can't work in the online world. No reason why that can't happen. And I decided that I was going to bring that format to the internet. And it actually all came together when Chris Brogan had hit me up on Skype one day. And he's like, yo, Derek, you want to review my site? We'll make it a video. (laughs) Once he said that to me, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Soon as he, I agreed to that, I made the first video with Chris Brogan. As soon as it was done, I decided I was going to reach out to everyone else that I knew to do a site review to see if they were down to do it. And I did, you know, like 20 site reviews in like two months. And it worked because I was zigging. I was zagging when other people were zigging. People right. were guest posting. I was doing these videos. All right. And that, that whole idea of me standing out helped me garner more attention and the fact that I did it very fast on a lot of different websites gave me, first I was zagging, so I stood out already, but the fact that I was seeing doing it everywhere made it impossible for people to ignore me, which is why I had that exponential spike in growth when I first started. Yeah, and also the fact that you showed up in so many different places makes it almost impossible for anyone to come in and knock this, this idea off. Yeah, so if you want to break this down to how this can be replicated is even if you're going to go the guest posting strategy because not everyone is going to be able to convince a popular blogger to do a video with them. I was able to do it because I had a very unique value proposition and they were willing to work with me because I already had a reputation of being really good at what I did. Now, you could replicate this same thing with guest blogging though. Most people guest blog, they'll do one or two guest posts a month. However, that's a horrible way to do it. You're better off saving up 10 guest posts and trying to get 10 guest posts to go live in two weeks. And the reason why you want to do that is because right now it's harder to make an attention, it's it's harder to make a hit on people because guest posting is so common. However, if you release 10 articles in two weeks and people are going to keep seeing your byline everywhere, it, it, it turns into a, uh, an opportunity where people make it, you know, you make it impossible for people to ignore you. Right. They see you everywhere. And that's when you kind of have an exponential growth effect where the first guest post goes live. Some people will click through. Some people will ignore the fact of who it was written by. Won't even care who wrote it. And then other people will see who wrote it, but they won't click through. Same thing will happen. Another guest post goes live. Some people will click through. Then there'll be people who will notice that your name is similar to the article they just read on a different blog. They'll probably go search you out on the other blog, see you there. Then maybe they'll go click through this time. If they don't, when they see you on eight more sites, all of a sudden they start thinking like, wait a second. I just saw this guy on every other blog that I read. 
maybe I got to go check this guy out. So you kind of have that exponential growth effect where you're pulling in visitors that you might not have pulled in otherwise. So it's like the launch strategies from Jeff Walker, where he talks about being everywhere when you're launching your product. So thinking, thinking of your guest posting as a, as like a launch process. Yes. Exactly. Very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, because I, I want listeners to know that they should not be going out trying to do videos on critiquing people's blogs if, one, they're not an expert in uh, site conversion or site design or something, and that's their market. You know, the, don't go out and just try to replicate exactly what Derek's been doing. You know, you, yeah. need, to, you need to find your, your unique voice and a way to go out and approach your market with that. Exactly. I mean, you could you could try and copy, but here's what happens: when someone already did a strategy or or like a unique little hit, it people then start thinking like, wait a second, this guy is just copying what Derek did. And even though you might think they don't realize it, but they realize it, you yeah. know. So if you want to make the maximum impact, you can replicate that same strategy and use it and probably get some great results. But if you want to get that kind of exponential results, the results that take you from nobody to somebody in like two days, you got to really figure out just a unique little positioning strategy for you. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And thankfully, most of my listeners are not in the marketing and business advice type uh, yeah. world. Do it. I mean, if you're not in the marketing world, I highly suggest you copy that strategy, you know, technique for technique, because no one will know me outside the marketing world. And you could actually take what I did and implant it into any world very easily. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, hopefully people listening are taking notes like, okay, and then, and then go back out and find some of Derek's videos that he did, these guest posts that he did, and, and actually study the videos and see how he did it and the the approach that that he used in those and okay so you're not going to do a critique of someone's website but you're going to engage with the owner of that site in a specific manner you should definitely you know look into that you know and try to replicate that exactly all right so let's let's get into more of like these ideas of the psychological triggers you bring up like taking random traffic and getting it to convert, but is yep. there a way to use psychological triggers to attract traffic? Yeah, so I talk about this a lot where a lot of people out there, when they write content, they write blog posts, they default to list posts, they default to that style of content. And yeah, that content works really, really good. However, there's a different type of content. There's other types of articles that you can write that take advantage of triggers and get people riled up to talk about your stuff. And I actually have called this because I, you know, I, I, I've been doing this for years, but I stumbled on a research study from Jonah Berger from Wharton Business School where they call it contagious content. So it's not necessarily about just creating any type of content. It's about creating contagious content. And maybe you could include a link to the article below this audio. But it's about contagious content. And that's the type of content that takes advantage of these psychological triggers. And I suggest everybody read it. But just to give a quick little overview on how this works, contagious content takes advantage of the emotional aspects of content. They found that vi viral content, you know, content that goes viral is much more viral when it 
takes advantage of a positive or a negative emotion, but more specifically, high arousal emotions. Now, I know this sounds like, you know, what are you talking <laughs> about, Derek? This is like all jargon right now. And what I mean by high arousal emotions is something like anger. If you can create an article that angers your audience, not at you, but at someone else, you're going to see that your content will go viral. Think about the whole SOPA and PIPA thing from last week. How everyone was creating all this content and saying, look, we have to take a stand against these people who are trying to take our businesses from us. Now, that's an example of a piece of content that riles up your audience, gets them pissed against some outside force. And that is one of the reasons why that type of content went so viral last week. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, us versus them marketing has been around for like ever, right? Exactly. But I, I like I like this idea of using it in in the context of content. Yeah, it's always actually I mean, us versus them works in content, but there's that's just one aspect of the content. I really suggest people read the contagious content article that I had that I had wrote about. Yeah, I'll find a way to get it linked up in the show notes. Cool. All right. Uh, so, so now we, we're getting traffic, right? So now we've got to convert it. Like, what kind yep. of what kind of psychology is necessary to get people to convert? And and like different types of conversion. Is is there different psychology for the different types of conversion? Like an opt in versus a sale. Yeah. So, I want to break this down really easy without getting too nerdy on people. Conversion is really about one thing, and if people understand this one thing, they're going to see better conversions, almost definitely. And the one thing is, is you've got to ask for the conversion. You've got to ask for the email opt-in. You've got to ask for the sale. If you don't ask for the sale, if you don't ask for the email opt-in, you're not going to get it. There's so many people out there who run websites. They're scared to ask people to sign up to their newsletter. They're scared to ask people to buy stuff. And what ends up happening is nobody buys anything. Nobody signs up to your newsletter. You've got to be front and center and tell people, look, if you give me your email, you're going to get this. If you buy my product, you're going to get this. You got to be direct and to the point. Do make it as clear as possible that you're asking for the conversion and you'll see that your conversions will go up just from that. <laughs> so so a link that says check this out isn't sufficient, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it works. It works a little bit, but it could be so much better if you were more specific about it, you know? Right. So yeah, that's that's my tip on converting. <laughs> Okay. So do you have like a framework uh, that you use for developing traffic? Uh, let's see. Let, let, let's see. Best way to phrase this. Do you have a framework for developing content that creates that contagious type content? Yeah. So it's not really about a framework. It's about understanding that before you write every piece of content, most people write when they have an idea. That's not how I do it. When I come up with an idea, that's just the first step. The next step is, all right, this is the, this is the idea that I want to write about. Now, who is the audience that's going to like this idea? Like, is it going to be bloggers? Is it going to be email marketers? Is, is there going to be any overlap? You got to figure out who the audience is first. Okay. Once you know who the audience is, then you write the idea. Then you write the blog post. Once you're done with the blog post, you're not done. Now it's your chance to reach out to the audience that you described before you wrote, wrote the article. You got to reach out to people that do not know you exist, 
and send them cool emails. Like, don't, you know, don't be a spammy person, but actually email someone and say, hey, look, I know you write about this. I think you might be interested in this article I just wrote. And just be cool about it. If you're if you're going to be cool about it, you're not going to sound like a spam, you're not going to spam people. If you're going to be specific, you're going to offer value to the person you're emailing, you'll find that people will respond to your email and potentially even link or share your article on social media. That's where most new bloggers go wrong, is they spend all this time creating the content, press publish, and that's it. You had to figure out the idea for the content, figure out who the content targets, write the content, and then reach out to the people who might be interested in that content to promote it to them. I And I fall victim of that myself. I've done it a lot where like, oh wow, isn't this a great idea? And this is who it's for, and then I've stopped there. I, I've done that a lot. Where just, yeah. you know, you, you just get into the uh, mindset of uh, on this hamster wheel of content creation, you know, yeah. isn't, isn't this cool? And I created it and then, and then I go off to the next one without exactly. actually fulfilling what that content's for, which is being read or listened to by other people. Exactly. And uh, there's something that actually, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I came out with something called Social Triggers Insider, which is where I give up some master classes on how to do things on the internet marketing related. And one of my first master classes was how to get press with no connections, like how to get major media coverage with no connections. And I talk about this technique that I call the drafting technique. Now, just to go over that quickly now, are, are, are you familiar with drafting and how drafting works? No, no, I'm not. All right, so if you're watching like NASCAR racing, you'll find that the person in, fr in, in first place You'll often often see someone right behind him, like almost touching his car. Okay, yeah, I get it. Behind them, and the reason why they do that is because the person in first place is breaking the friction of the air, and then the car right behind them, they're allowed to maintain their same speed while expending less energy. So it's the most efficient way to do it. It's called drafting. Now, the drafting technique online works the same way, where after you're done doing an article, let's say you have, you're doing this interview with me here, with you know, Derek Alpern. One of you, what you should do is go find people who have wrote or written about me in the past, people who might have wrote, wrote blog posts about Derek Alpern, and reach out to them and say, look, I know you've written about Derek Alpern in the past, is it, and I, I know you've written about him, Here's an interview I just did with him that I think you might be interested in. Check it out. Cool. Now you're reaching out to someone and you're taking advantage of the, of the drafting because there's no more friction. They have already featured me on their site, right? So they've already featured me. There's no friction. You're going to be drafting behind my brand to get your name in front of their eyes. Right. How that works? Right, yeah, because they, they're already interested in the topic of Derek Halpern and social triggers. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, uh, so I'm thinking of like all my members and, and like, oh, how they could use, start using this, this idea. I, I, I love that. I love that a lot. Yep, cool. Okay, uh, so, so now we're, we're getting, we've got traffic coming in, and so... Do you have a framework of actually converting that traffic? Are yeah, there like steps that you that you set things up? Like you know, people have come there. Now, what are what are the steps that you use to convert them? You just got to put opt-in forms in front of their face. I mean, put the opt-in forms where it matters. Put it in the sidebar. Put it on the home page on the feature box. If you go to socialtriggers.com, you'll see I have this big box right at the top of my page that converts great. Uh, put a 
opt-in form at the bottom of your blog post. And then most importantly, make sure you put opt-in forms on your about page because about pages are one of the most highly trafficked pages on a blog. No reason not to ask people to convert. And I, we talked about that earlier. If you want people to convert, you got to ask people to convert. How do you do that? Put opt-in forms on your site. Okay. What about like sales? Do you say in this kind of uh, the content world, what about selling? How, how much pressure do you put into the, into the selling process or, or at least not, maybe not pressure, but at least uh, getting in front of people? Do you go for the opt-in first and then a, a longer sales process or do you try to convert people that are showing up on your site? Yeah. So I usually do a, a, a few step sales process. Very rarely do I, if you go to socialtriggers.com, it's hard to find what I sell. That's because I very rarely sell on my site. My site's purpose is to get people on the email list. Then I might do a webinar and I'll sell at the end of the webinar as an example. There's no real process and it's a really it's really hard for me to go into exactly how I sell to the email list in such a short interview, but it really just boils down to asking for the sale. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a ton to that. I, I just didn't know if you had like, like a mental framework of, of like how you set things up. Like, you know, you need to make sure these are in place before you do, you know, this other thing. Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's, it's very hard for me to distill that down into okay. a framework in just a short call. Okay. Yeah, n- not a problem. I, I think that's like the, the major things that, that I, that I really wanted to hit you with because I know you've done a ton of other interviews. So other people should go check those out too so that they can get to see a broader range of, of topics. These are things that I hadn't heard you go too much in depth on in some, some of the other interviews. So I just wanted to get them here. Uh, yeah. So what's like parting words? something that people listening need to do like right now <clears throat> to be honest go subscribe to socialtriggers.com all right all right <laughs> that goes down to asking for the conversion right <laughs> yeah no, yeah more seriously is there, there there's a few different things and it's just the one thing that matters is taking action so you can sit there and spend all your time researching what you should do but if you never actually pull the trigger on any of it none of it's going to work. So when I first had gotten started with the whole building online business thing or building building websites, my main goal was to implement. Yeah, you want to research, you want to listen to people like me, you want to listen to people like like you, you want to listen to these types of interviews. It's great, it's helpful, but at the end of the day, you've got to be taking action. So whatever you're going to do, whether it's going to be putting more opt-in forms on your site, come to Social Trigger, subscribing to my site, or if it's just asking for the sale, just make sure you do that one thing. Don't do everything, just do one thing. And that's pretty much it. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, for all those listening, hopefully you've gotten a ton of value that you've learned a lot from Derek. And definitely go check his site out at socialtriggers.com and definitely opt in. And until the next time, Yeah, enjoy your Foolish Adventure. Thanks for having me. You've just listened to The Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your foolish adventure.